Bring in more revenue while saving money and differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack vying to win those guests by becoming more environmentally friendly. We will show you how easy it is and how cheap it can be, if not free, and share all the opportunities available. So join us each week as we take another step along the green path. That's one more step to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. The Green Path Podcast is kindly sponsored by Sestonica, the first sustainability recognition for vacation rental homes. What if vacation rental professionals could influence millions of travellers to make their own homes more sustainable? Show the world that you have taken steps to make your vacation rental consume less and get your badge on sestonica.com. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Green Path Podcast. If you are just starting out on your Green Path journey or are looking for some motivation to get you started, today's episode is one of those inspirational ones. Instead of starting from scratch with your research, let's take a look at what another property manager or other accommodations are already doing. It's not as difficult as you think. So let's get started. Today, my guest is Lisa from La Residence Bed and Breakfast in France. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Deborah. I'm well, thank you. That's good. Thank you very much for coming along today and joining me. Lisa, can we start off with where did your green path journey start? You as a, um, as a, an individual rather than as a business, or did they both happen at the same time? Um, well, I think they probably happened about the same time. And I, I'll admit I'm a kind of a, 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 a laggard when it comes to making these changes. Um, we moved to France in mid to 2018 um, when we bought the Ben Breakfast. And prior to that, we've been living in Melbourne for 13 years. And before that, we were in London for about six years. So city dwellers. And I think moving to the countryside, and it is beautiful, the countryside around here, um, you start to see the changes to the environment and to the weather patterns in a way that we never saw in the city. So while I was, you know, you read about the issues in the paper, there was always a disconnect between my city life and what was really going on. So I think it was in uh, 2018 when we came here and I can sit on my sofa and look at the other side of the gorge here and watch the seasons change. Whereas, you know, in my, you know, city apartment, it you didn't get that. Your weather, um, your weather app told you about the seasons changing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think back in, uh, so there was a, an emerging awareness of the environmental issues. Um, linked to climate change and then in um, tw- the end of 2019 went to East Africa on holiday for three months um, and one of the trips that we made was to a seaweed farm there was a, a women's collective who make soaps and beauty products for the local tourist industry and they were telling us that one of the types of seaweeds that they grow had started to it all grows in very shallow warm water but one of them is very sensitive to water temperature mm. and what they'd noticed over the preceding 10 years is this species of seaweed starting to die because the waters were too warm mm. and they were having to plant it further out to sea and of course harvesting seaweeds a heavy hot job you know you've got big cloth the reality is that their jobs were much harder because the sea was warming perceptibly mm. to us or to them but they could see it in um the seaweed mm. so i think it was 
all of those things that really made us stop and think about the way we were living and the how we were running the business and decided that we needed to be kind of part of the movement as well to become more sustainable. Mm. And and what was your first step? How did you start? Okay, well, um, while we were still on holiday, I started, um, you know, trying to learn about the science. So there were lots of webinars and podcasts that I was listening to, um, some of them by the big tour operators around the world. Um, and I, I think... I'll be honest and find it really quite daunting. I'm not a scientist, my background, I'm an accountant by background. The science was was beyond me. And there were times when I felt a bit like a rabbit in headlights because mm -hmm. you've got this huge you know, issue with climate change. The things we need to do to um, slow it down or stop it are enormous. And what was I gonna do as this kind of, you know, small accommodation owner? Mm. Um, and so I think I, come across, I came across Bob Garner somewhere on one of the podcasts. Oh, yes. And his advice was just do something, just change your electricity supply, just have a go. Um, and I actually did it. We we moved on on holiday and we were in Zambia and I sat on my laptop and, you know, researched the change, made the change, saved some money. So by the time we came back to France, it had been done. And of course, once you start doing the small things, you think, well, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. You know, so I came back and we changed all the light bulbs mm -hmm. in the house. You know, we decided no more uh, water bottles in the room or little plastic sachets of coffee or, you know, the toiletries. They mm. were just little things that when you started to look around the business, mm. you realise how much we were contributing to the problem mm. and that the resolution was actually quite straightforward and simple. Yeah. Uh, look, the thing about the, the small amenities um, is, is a no-brainer. That's a very, very simple solution. In terms of the... Tea and coffee and the water that you provide in the rooms. How do you how do you tackle that now? Uh, so we've just got some glass jugs. So we just filter the water and put the glass glass jugs of water in the rooms, um, mm. and then refresh them every day. Mm. Um, and the and the tea uh, we buy. Uh, we've got still got the tea sachets, but this organic tea selection. And then the coffees we've got the cafetiers and fresh coffee. Perfect. And then fresh milk in flasks if guests want it. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to another um, accommodation provider and the, the the problem at the time was how do we give milk to the guests? And in all honesty, I can't remember. I think it, they just got to put it in little jugs every day, but um, fresh milk. And, um, yes, that, that's great. What about, okay, there was another uh, accommodation provider who mentioned rubbish bins and plastic bags in each rubbish bin. What do you do? Okay, so we used to have plastic bags in wicker bins. Yeah. Um, and at some point we quickly changed to compostable plastic bags. Yeah. And a conversation with my dad one day, and I can't remember the quote, but he quoted Einstein and like everything, some everything leaves something. So we've now ditched the wicker bins. We have plastic bins that we wash out, empty and wash out, which yeah. is a bit yucky at times, you know, depending what you know people have put in them. But yeah. there's no plastic at all now. Yeah, there's no waste. That's great. Yeah. Well, besides the rubbish in them. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, and given that you're a bed and breakfast, you are providing food. So basically, what are the, in terms of what you're providing, whether it's soaps or the breakfast, is everything coming locally from local areas? Uh, as much as we can, much more than we used to. Mm. So for breakfast, we used to provide serve cold meats. 
We don't serve meat anymore, unless someone specifically asks for it. We don't serve meat. And we serve eggy something, tortilla, frittata instead. And the eggs come from uh, our local market. So they come in all shapes and sizes, still covered in feathers and poop at times. But, <laughs> you know, that's instead of the, you know, packaged meat that we'd buy from the supermarket. Yeah. Um, the fruit, uh, fresh fruit, as much as we can, we buy from the local market. Um I'd say most of it comes from the local market. Now, it's not all grown locally. Some of it is imported, but it's still supporting, you know, local mm. local people's businesses. Mm -hmm. and, and in May 2020, was that like a turning point for you? You signed the uh, tourism declares? You signed up for tour tourism declares? Mm. Well, it was because while, um, while we're away on holiday, I was looking at... Uh, I think I was looking at booking.com and all the kind of tourism green awards that you could get and just didn't like them. They didn't seem very credible to me. You know, you filled in a filled in a form and paid your fee and you got a badge. And it was a bit, I, I felt it was a little bit fraudulent. And I think I listened to Bob, he did a podcast that was not about sustainability, but he was part of it and posted the link. I found, followed the link, found the organisation and I thought, this is the one, this is how we can legitimize what we're going to be doing mm. and was that difficult to to go through or to apply for um so what we had to do um is to make a public declaration of our intentions um, and then follow that up a year later with the plan Mm -hmm. So we're a bit late with the plan and the organisations now merged into in with another one. Um, so uh, I just used the membership of that organisation to learn as much as I could mm. from other people and from scientists and whatever. Mm. Mm. But you do have a very, very good page on your website. So this is how you're, you're sharing with everyone your journey. Can you talk us through what you've got on that page and, and any sort of like feedback from guests? Okay, so it's just a, a tab on the website, and the website's in French and English, and it just sets out the commitment we made back in May 2020. Um, and then what, you know, to, you know, not very dense. And then after that, we've talked about what we plan to do in the future very uh, easy things to talk to guests about you know so changing electricity supply reducing our plastic you know moving to an online guest book um changing light bulbs another very kind of quick and easy thing to do um and then the plans for the future so it's it's kind of more of the same really just building on our knowledge um that we've built up uh building on feedback to guests so things like whenever we change uh, an electrical appliance now, the priority is to get the highest energy rating possible. Mm. Um, you know, and anyone in this business knows that, you know, we go through kind of washing machines and fridges and freezers and hair dryers and all those kind of things. So it just sets out what we're going to do over the next, I think I said the next 18 months. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, but included in that plan I guess is the things that we're going to find difficult as well so we're in a an old stone house in the middle of a medieval village 
We don't have a lot of space around us, very restricted on what we can do. So things like getting rid of our old oil heating and I'd like to replace it for solar is not possible. It's just mm. not allowed. Mm. So I wanted to be really honest with people who were reading it about what we can do and what we can't do because I don't want to present our business as being, you know, super green when I know there's some impediments to, yeah. to that. Yeah, but with these old old buildings and the old houses, your hands are tied with some of the solutions. Yeah. And and what about um, insulation? How are you with insulation in the property then? Yeah, we're, we're pretty good. I mean, uh, the walls aren't insulated, but they're incredibly thick. So when it heats up or cools down, it tends to stay that way. But oh, the great. roof is very well insulated. So we did have a, a an audit done last year and we got a C rating, which was higher than I expected. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's very good, good. For an, very good for an old building. Yeah, they don't build them like they used to. Oh. <laughs> and you're also going to be doing, uh, you're going to be with some of the future changes, you're going to reduce the laundry water temperature. Now, I have heard about that reducing the temperature, but but you know, using a high temperature for ironing so that it's just going to be as hygienic, it's just that you're not going to, you know, burn through the energy to heat the heat the hot water. Oh, well, you know, during the pandemic, we were washing everything at 60 degrees, putting it through a hot dryer and then through a really hot iron, you know, and that, that you know, that's gone and we don't need to do it. So already we've reduced in the temperature to uh, 30 degrees on the washes, trying to, you know, eliminate using the dryer for kind of sheets, but it goes still goes through a really hot iron. So mm. I'm happy that, you know, it, it's still kind of going back on the beds in the most hygienic way that it can. Yeah, yeah. And you're also going to record water and energy usage. How do you plan on doing that? Well, uh, the, the electricity and the water is listed on the bill. So I just need to go back and um, look at the bills to see how it's reduced. And I'm confident we've, we've done it with the water, just reduced watering in the garden. Yeah. And having the kind of shower heads and taps that are, uh, use less water. The rubbish yeah. is a bit more tricky and I'd like to offer something really sophisticated but I'm not going to um we separate our landfill from recycling that's the only two um you know separations that we need to do and obviously the garden waste and I've just got a a, a big piece of paper on the back of the garage door and I count the number of bags so I use the same size bag every time fill it up about the same amount and every time my partner goes to take the rubbish down to the local bins he just marks it on the back of the door Mm. So that's Look, it. yeah I think it's all about awareness you know you you are just being more aware I mean we get electricity bills we get water bills do we ever look at really how much we've used we might look at the graph you know this term of versus last year but do we really have a good look at it so yeah. I think it is about just being aware start a little yeah. <laughs> I see, and I want a story to tell to the guests as well. You know, we can talk about what we're doing, but at the moment, I just think it's working. I think it's reducing our emissions. I want to be able to tell a proper story about how much, you know, how many kilowatts less we're using this year than last year, you know, or how many, how many, I don't know, bags of rubbish less mm. that we're taking to to the bins. Mm. Because I think that's the that's the kind of proof that what we're doing is making a change. Mm -mm. and and uh look on your list on your listing site you have your sustainability page do you share what you do on any other listing sites uh we 
we have an online guest book, which is another change from there. We used to have those paper folders that, you know, you slot in all the leaflets that you get through mm -hmm. the door. Mm -hmm. So we, it's on that, it's on that page. So it's in mm -hmm. that guest book and that guest book goes to everyone who books. Mm -hmm. So we use booking.com um, and get about, um, I don't know, 35% of our bookings that way. But whenever they book, they get an automatic message with the link to the guest booking. Yeah. And if they book directly through our website in the booking confirmation, they get the link and that's mm -hmm. a separate section in the guest book. So everyone sees it. Mm. Um, but on, but on your listing on booking.com, do you say in either the wording or in a slide what you're doing in terms of being green? Yeah, so the link to the guest book um, will give all the same information that's on our website. Mm -hmm. So it's all listed there. But it right. doesn't explicitly direct them to open it because of our green measures, which is yeah. quite a good idea, actually. I might... Um... No, well, I'm just saying that if a guest is looking to, to uh, rent um, a green property... If they're just looking at your property on booking.com, how will they know you're green? Uh, they have um, a sustainability kind of rating system that they introduced yeah. last year. So yeah. I can't remember how many leaves we've got. I think we've got three leaves. Okay. You do. Um, and you, that's searchable as well. So if you yes. just want um, yeah, a property yeah. that way, you can search on it. Yeah. Yeah. And the guests that, that do come along or they get, that do book, do they ever make a comment about what you're doing in terms of sustainability? They, they do, actually. Yeah, not everybody. And mm -hmm. um, we had an uh, American guest last last week who run uh, like a horse rescue farm in the States, and they made a point of thanking us for what we were doing. Oh. You know, that, that she'd seen the website and she'd read the guest book and they went into the garden, had a look at, look, good look around the garden, had a look at the worm composting farm that we've got and thanked us. And, uh, you know, Richard, my partner, was initially a bit sceptical that this was going to do anything for our business. Mm. He thought it was going to put guests off and cost us money. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was really excited after he checked them in and said, you know, Sue wants to speak to you because she wants to thank us for everything we've done, all the sustainability stuff. And, you know, it doesn't get much better than that, really. Yeah, that's a really lovely pat on the back. Yeah. Oh, how lovely. Now, also, you just spoke of your garden. So you've actually done you, 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 the, the type of plants that you've planted uh, all part of the sustainability pro, um, program as well. What are, you, what are you doing in the garden? Well, when we moved in back in 2018, and this was before um, uh, Britain left the EU, my parents who live in southwest England, keen gardeners, brought over loads of plants from their garden and cuttings. Um, and we tried to grow them unsuccessfully. I think I've managed to kill most of them. You know, our summers are hotter and drier and our winters colder than my parents in Somerset. Mm. Um, and it, in the summer, it needs to be constantly watered. I think for the last three years we've been here, the, the water restrictions mean we can't do it. So everything dies. Mm. And we serve breakfast in the garden in the summer. So I've got to keep it looking neat and tidy. Um, so what we're doing now is just planting more Mediterranean drought tolerant plants, lots of grasses, lots of lavenders. I've got some eucalyptus out there. Um, and it just keeps it green and neat and tidy in the time when we can't water. Mm. Drought proof and local. Yeah. That's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. You know, you read in the magazines the best indication of uh, best way to get ideas about what 
kind of grows locally. So you just wander through the village, wander in the area and see what other people are growing successfully. And, uh, I should have mm -hmm. thought of it before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's a great <laughs> tip. <laughs> well, we're going to start wrapping up now. Is there any other, any other tip or any advice that you could give to anyone listening that wants to start on their journey? Um, well, I'd say... Um, just start somewhere, take small steps. It will, your your enthusiasm and momentum will build over the time. Mm. Um, I'd say if you're not a scientist, maybe stay away from the scientists. <laughs> you know, they are very clever people, but, you know, too clever for my little bed and breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Bob Garner's now set up EnviroRental, which has got huge, practical, easy ways to start becoming more sustainable. And I'd head there. Mm, mm. Um and go back to the science sometime later if you want to. Yeah. Think. I will pop a, a link for EnviroRental in the description below, and I will pop a link for the sustainability page on your website too because I think everyone needs to have a good look at that. Thank you. And, Lisa, thank you so much for your time and for your tricks and tips and uh, the great story about how you got started. It's really lovely. Thank you very much, Deborah. Thank you, Lisa. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and were at least a little bit inspired. If you'd like to catch up on the other episodes that you've missed, just head to thegreenpathpodcast.com. See you next time.